Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, everybody, and welcome to In-Depth, presented by the San Antonio Express News. My name is Luis Vasquez, and I'll be your host as we bring in journalists, editorial board members, and columnists to give us an inside perspective into the stories they bring to the Express News each week. Today, I'm joined by Express News education reporter, Dania Perez. She joins the show today to talk about the ousted San Antonio College professor. Uh, welcome to the show, Dania. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. It's good to have you on the show. Uh, can you just give us a quick rundown of, of exactly what happened? This professor was at, at San Antonio College for 25 years. He was actually at San Antonio College for 35 years, but wow. he had been helping. Yes, he was a tenure professor. Um, he was teaching court reporting for 35 years and um, his termination was finalized in April. It was made official in November, but it was finalized by the board. You know, his appeal was rejected um, in April. So, yes. So what, what exactly happened? What led to his uh to his firing. Yeah, so he had been volunteering at first. So he had been volunteering for this um, annual event, and this it's a high school competition that some of you might be familiar with. It's called the Texas Academic Decathlon, and it's kind of like a competition of high school teams, and every year they have like a different theme, and they kind of become experts in this theme, and they get you know, questions and compete against other teams and things like that. So he had been, the, the event had been hosted at San Antonio College for about 25 years. According to Rick Hopkins, who is the ousted um, tenure professor who had been volunteering. And he became so involved that eventually the actual um, state organization, the Academic Decathlon, offered him a job as executive director. So his job would be to oversee regional directors um, throughout the state. And then every year they would host a competition here locally. So it, you know, he kind of handled all of that. So his termination came because the college somehow got word that his um, Hopkins tax documents submitted to the IRS, um, you know, for his job with the organization with the decathlon showed that he had a full-time position with them, that his executive director position was a full-time one. Um, this would be against policy for the college. Um, no full-time professor or staffer could hold a, um, another full-time job on the side, but that's where things got murky. He, he 
got, you know, he didn't, he alleges he didn't get any notification of any issue or any notice that the college was looking into this um, up until November, where he just got summoned to the now um, San Antonio College President's office, Dr. Robert Vela's office, um, where his ter- termination was made official. Um, so he didn't know any of this was happening, but he did admit that the tax documentation that they were questioning were correct. He it, it stated it was a 40 hour job, but he states this is this was a, an error that he had overlooked for for at least, you know, three to four years. So this is why he got fired. And this is he was appealing the firing or the termination, I should say. He was appealing the termination, stating that this was an error and an error that he um, ended up clarifying with the IRS. Um, there were several amendments submitted to the IRS for at least three years, which is the most the IRS allows anybody to to make changes to your taxes. You can only go back three years um, and, you know, submitted all kinds of, of documentation proving that this was and had always been a part time position for him and. Um, uh, you know, but it came down to um, a committee. Um, so the, the college put, put together a 10-year termination appeals committee um, in back in February. And that's when that committee with that was composed of like teaching staff from throughout the the Throughout the Alamo College's district? Correct. So they had um, academics there. They had professors. They had some staffers. I think it was a couple staffers who, you know, went through the evidence and decided on what to submit to the board. So there were like stages to his appeal, right? So, yes. So the Termination Appeals Committee ended up voting 7-4 to deny his appeal and uphold the termination, right? And then this this decision went to the board who met on, I think it was April 19th, and they went through, you know, he had the the option of having a closed door hearing or an open hearing. He chose an open hearing. So during the the board meeting, you know, in open session when, you know, it was still um, being uh, live streamed online and, and, you know, people could sit in and, and watch in person as well. Um, they had this hearing in which he presented again all his evidence and then the, you know, a, a representative for the college presented the, the evidence that they thought deemed the, the termination uh, acceptable, right? I mean, the, that held the termination. Yeah, so we, I, I was watching this, this, this hearing, I'm sure like a lot of people were, and it was just a back and forth between the two and, and the board ended up deciding to, again, uphold the termination, which Mr. Hopkins says was a surprise to him. Would, did this have anything to do with the, um, with the competition moving to Incarnate Word? That's not really known. Um, I mean, there were hints here and there during the interviews. I spoke with um, Dr. Kathy Rollo, who is the Texas Academic Decathlon Board President, and she's also superintendent at Lubbock ISD. And she did mention that, you know, there was a shift um, in past years um, 
I guess from the time that Dr. Bella took over as president of the college, that there was less, they noticed like less interest of having them there, you know. Um, and at, at this point, obviously the, the, the decathlon, um, I guess their, their officials or, or their members started looking into options. UIW had already apparently, um, expressed interest of at least hosting the events on their campus here in San Antonio. Um, and these conversations had happened prior to, you know, the termination, prior to Hopkins ever knowing that this was coming, right? Um, so it could be, I mean, that, that would be, that would be assumptions, I guess, but, um, but they do, they do say at least that they noticed the shift. They noticed less interest in hosting the event. And since Dr. Bella took over. Did you get a chance to interview Mr. Hopkins uh, for the uh, for the article? Yes. So I sat down with uh, Mr. Rick Hopkins. Yes, I sat down with him on a one on one interview. This was after the hearing with the board and he was very open about everything. I mean, he was he recounted, you know, the process. He recounted the day he walked into Dr. Bella's office and heard about the termination. And um, yeah, I mean, he was still. I guess in, in telling the story, he seemed still surprised that both the committee and the board came to this decision, even though, of course, the committee's decision was kind of split, you know, 7-4 is not close to a unanimous decision. But he said his main concern was was in in the precedent that this sets for, for tenure professors at San Antonio College and throughout the district. He said he was surprised that, you know, a tenure position wasn't really given, he felt, right, that wasn't really given as much of of, um, a chance to kind of clear the, the... the error, you know, in his, in his part, he acknowledges that he should have looked into those documents before, and he should have pointed out that error to the accounting firm that submits all the information to the IRS. But he, he was kind of, you know, worried about the precedent that this sets. He did state, however, you know, he had moved on and he was just, you know, uh, coming to terms with the decision and coming to terms with the reality that he was no longer teaching court reporting, which is something he, he talked about very passionately, but he seems to just be now in the process of accepting and and just moving on with his current job, which is still being the executive director for the decathlon. Was there any indication that this might leave the realm of just the Alamo college's appeals process into uh, the legal realm? There wasn't any indication. I didn't, um, he seemed like this was, you know, he was moving on. He didn't indicate he was going to move forward with any type of uh, further, you know, legal appeal or legal uh, means with the college. He seemed like he was just, you know, coming to terms with it when I spoke with him. I mean, obviously, I don't know, a lot can happen between uh, <laughs> between the hearing and and now, but but I haven't heard to that extent. What about San Antonio College? What what has their statement been on on everything that happened? Yeah, so San Antonio College declined to comment on the personal matter. I didn't sit down with them, you know, or talk about this after the hearing at all. Um they did send a comment afterwards um, 
you know, stating that the college had simply never had a memorandum of understanding with the decathlon to host it annually, which is um, a little, you know, I'm sure every every type of institution wants to have something in writing, right, for this type of events. And, and I'm sure there's a process, but it was a little surprising um, just hearing that this was the 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 comment, mainly because it's it's pretty obvious that the event had been taking place there for many years. I mean, at least since I, I believe 1996 was the year stated at the hearing. It's also a pretty um, prestigious event. It is. Yes. I mean, it brings kids from all over the state um, and also, you know, educators from all over the state. So it had been quite a bit of time. I mean, 25 years or so. It's it's not a year or two where you miss to, you know, sign or come up with a memorandum of understanding. So their main, main statement was, you know, we never had a memorandum of understanding. And if they wish to hold an event at the college, there's a process for that, which I mean, was not really what was in question um, during the hearing, but understandably so, right? I'm sure there's a process for everything. Um, so that was their main statement. When it came to the personnel matters, they declined to come in further. But of course, in the hearing, we heard a lot of their their main stance was that not only did Hopkins, Mr. Hopkins, not, you know, um, document or tell them that this was a full time position like the, the IRS documents showed, but that he was using the, the college's, you know, their office space, some, um, I believe some storage space, the phone number and email for Texas academic decathlon purposes. Um, now, Mr. Hopkins argued that this was something established way back when he was first tapped to help with the event uh, in a volunteer basis, right? This was um, in the time of Mr. Um, Dr. Robert Siegler, I believe he was the interim president at the time when he got tapped for this. And there's a lot that I'm sure can get that can be missed throughout those years. So he says, I never, you know, these are not decisions I made. This is not an office I just gave to myself. This is not storage space I just took. Like throughout the years, this was agreed that I could use these spaces. Um, but the college kept saying, you know, that this is, they never had an agreement for all of this use of property and this use of time uh, for a decathlon for the the purpose of hosting the event or running the Texas academic decathlon throughout the year. So that was their main statement. Um, they also questioned Mr. Hopkins earnings with a decathlon and said that it, it wasn't reflective of a part-time job. So in 2020, um, Mr. Hopkins made about $80,000 or close to $80,000 uh, with a decathlon for a part-time position. So there was a lot of, repeating of his earnings um, during the hearing. And um, the board, of course, I'm sure took note of that. Um, that was that was part of the main, the main, um, I guess, uh, the crux of their argument. Exactly. Yes. The main argument. So Mr. Hopkins argues that, uh, well, he presented, he did present some letters from I was just about to bring those. That that, that should count for a lot. I mean, to bring in amended personal IRS statements to present them to the board in a show of transparency, I 
I, as when I was reading that, I was like, that should have counted for some a little bit more. I I would I would assume. Yeah, that was those were pretty, you know, and they're out there. You know, there's the documents were placed on, uh, you know, uh, you can read them online. But the amended documents do show that the only thing that was amended was the hours. Um, and Mr. Hopkins pointed that out during the hearing as well. Like the the only thing that was amended were the hours. The actual pay, you know, the the number, the amount that he earned was not amended. Um, and he also argued that this was not, the, his pay was not in question, right? That the problem that the college had was the hours. So he argued that they should stick to that point. Um, there's a quote in the, in, <laughs> in the article, which I thought was pretty interesting that, you know, he says, we, you know, as professors or teachers, we don't take about poverty to become a teacher. Um, and that was his main argument. Even when I interviewed him, he was saying, I never, you know, I never lied about how much I was making. Um, he also presented to the board some um, emails sent to, I believe it was Chancellor Flores uh, from the the district, the Alamo College's district. And this was from, from you know, board members um, from the decathlon stating, you know, they came up with a, a compensation package that reflected the nature of the work and that they believe that it was a part-time position. One of them being Dr. Woods, who is uh, Dr. Brian Woods. He's the superintendent at Northside ISD. Um, and also, also Dr. Rollo, who I mentioned earlier, she mentioned, you know, his, his position has never been full-time. Um, there, there's no plan to make it full-time. And, you know, a reflection of that is in the fact that he has no benefits, you know, it's, it, yeah. He has a compensation package with no benefits. So um, he presented all that to the board as well, which was his evidence to show it's not just an amendment to the IRS, which is, you know, a, a, a pretty, you know, <laughs> a strong and strong proof in his eyes, but also, you know, statements from board members who were present during his hiring, who are still board members today saying that hasn't changed since he was hired. So yeah, that was part of the argument as well. Were there any, um, well, as far as the decathlon, I think UIW is an international school. People don't know that they've got a campus in Mexico uh, and other campuses. So in terms of the the decathlon, it might serve it better at UIW, who knows, in the long run. But Oh, go ahead. Yeah, and I was going to mention Dr. Rollo did say they were pretty excited to make that move from, uh, you know, a junior college or a two-year college to a four-year college, mainly because of the, you know, um, exposure that the students can have to the college and maybe the opportunities that that will bring. Now, when I wrote the story, they still hadn't finalized a memorandum of understanding, which I'm sure it's now. Um, it's going to be at the I forefront. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm sure it's going to be at the forefront of their con- or their their concerns, right? Moving yeah. on, but Let's make sure we have that cleared up. Yes, and they hadn't finalized that, but I mean, I'm I'm sure it was great indication of the the they are willing to move forward and the fact that they hosted the first decathlon this year back in February it's already been hosted there at UIW and Mr. Hopkins was given office space at the university so i mean i'm sure they're getting they're just finalizing the the 
the actual memorandum of understanding, but they're moving forward with this, it seems like. Well, I I brought the the decathlon up because it's going to be fine. It's going to continue. Clearly, they have plans in place. But what about uh, Mr. Hopkins? uh, Is there going to be some sort of severance pay or uh, any compensation? Or is he just just gone and that's that's it? Well, the termination, you know, the, the actual details of the termination were not made final or were not made clear during the hearing. Um, so Mr. Hopkins was still hopeful that the termination would be reversed. So at the time when I spoke with him, obviously it was clear that it wasn't going to be reversed, but it was pretty early on after the hearing. So I haven't gotten details on what his termination would look like as far as like severance pay. Um his, I know that his pay and his position with the decathlon is not changing, um, according to Dr. Rollo. And, you know, we know that he's also not going to be teaching for now court reporting anywhere. He didn't have any indication of moving on somewhere else for, for that type of position. So I don't know. I don't know where his, his, what his plans are as far as his teaching role, right? But at least we know he has the decathlon as as his main job right now. All righty, Danielle. Well, thank you so much for joining the show and uh, and updating us on all this. Of course. No, thanks for having me. 